Hallelujah. Hey, so in your life, have you ever cut some corners? I guarantee you there's some of you in here that have cut the corner like when you're waiting at the traffic light at Bevel and Clyde Morris. And there's that big old gas station. You're thinking, hey, what's it going to hurt? But you better be careful for that motor cop sitting over there out of the way. You're cutting a corner. You know, you're going from one place to the other to avoid waiting. Uh, you're finding some children and young ones in school and college that would, uh, and Dr. Davidson can, it, you know, advise on this very heavily. They'll get somebody else's term paper and they'll put their name on it. Uh, that's cutting a corner, right? Because you don't want to have to do what you need to do to get it done. Or, or now, you can go to chat GPI or GPT and you can just ask it and it'll do a paper for you. So you see cutting corners generally is seen as doing something not good. Lazy. Like you're just cutting a corner. Like instead of mitering a joint, you'll just butt it up in a corner with some crown molding. That's all right. We are in the last week of our Tater Field series. So for those of you that haven't figured it out yet, Tater is a southern slang word for potato. And this series came from me and my brother Frank sitting in my brother-in-law's huge potato field in Flagler County. Some of the folks in this room have been there. And... uh We were just sitting there marveling at what it takes to grow potatoes and how they're planted, which is what we talked about the first week, planting. And we talked about the first week and where Isaac was headed to Egypt, which equals slavery, and he stopped in a place called Gerar, which means bringing up the cud or ruminate. And he stopped there because God said, don't go to Egypt, stay here. And he planted there where he was, And it says that he planted and it became a hundredfold planting in the desert in Gerar where God told him to be. You see, if you plant where God tells you to plant, like in your home or your house or your neighborhood or your work, it may be with a spouse, it may be with a child, it may be with someone in the church, plant where God places you. Don't go somewhere where the grass is maybe you think greener. Plant where God's got you to be. Last week we talked about harvesting and how you have to really dig up potatoes. They don't just come in a bag. You don't, they're not at Publix. You know, they have to come from somewhere. And one place is my brother-in-law's potato field or tater field. And so you harvest there. And last week we talked about, uh, a man that was a leader in Bethlehem, Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, and they took their two sons, Malan and Killian, which means sick and dying. And they went to Moab at a place that is a godless place that worships idols. And they left the town of Bethlehem, which means house of bread. So they left the house of bread 
and went to Moab. And it wasn't a good move. No, the Bible doesn't record any other families leaving Bethlehem except for theirs. Like, it's like, hello, Mildred, you think we're doing right? Well, nobody else is leaving. Yeah, we're going to leave. And of course, their sons married Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. And the sons died and the father died. And they were coming back after 10 years to Bethlehem at the time of the harvest. You see, we're going back to Bethlehem today to finish out this series. Because I want you to know, and you need to know, that where the house of bread is, is where God wants you. He wants you in his presence. Today is cutting corners. Again, it's been kind of thought of cutting corners as being lazy and not getting it done. But listen to what the scripture says about cutting corners. I think it'll amaze you. Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, the hundred acre tater field, do not reap the very edges of your field. Cut the corner. Don't go to the very edge and make a 90 and turn. Go through the gas station if you need to. The scripture is saying, don't reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Don't go over your vineyards a second time and pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner, the foreigner, those that are not in the house of the Lord. I want you to know, you look around, we've got a lot of foreigners around that are not in the house of the Lord, and they need our food. They need our grain. They need our harvest. We should be leaving gleanings for them out of our overflow, out of our excess. It says, I am the Lord your God. Now, what I didn't touch on last week, and I want to just go to for a second today, is that this woman, Naomi, who was of the house of God, she was in Moab and met the two ladies, Ruth and Naomi. I'm sorry, Naomi met Ruth and Orpha. She said, look, my boys have died. I can't have any more children. There's no need you going back with me. I'm going back to Israel. Just stay here. The one said, sure, no problem. But the other one, Ruth, here's what she said. You see, she had seen Naomi. She knew the hope that Naomi had. You, you see, God can see what's in us. He can see what we have. When we come from someone, we don't even know for sure if she didn't still smell like fresh baked bread. The aroma of God. Yeah. Ruth 1, 16, 17. But Ruth replied when Naomi said, don't come. Get your own husband. I'm too old. It didn't work out. Nice to meet you. She said, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people and my God, your God. And where you die, Ruth says to Naomi, I'll die, and there I'll be buried. 
may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. You see, you don't know what witness you have for other people. When they see God in you, they want to come with you. And she has turned her back on the Moabite gods, and she's following the I am. And so here's where we left off last week. Ruth 1.22 and Ruth 2.1. Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Yeah. There's nothing like the new leaves on a tree. There's nothing like the fresh smell of bread when it's being cooked. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the turning of the earth in the tater field as the harvesters come. And it says that Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, her husband, whose name was Boaz. Boaz means strength. So they are coming back out of an ungodly land and they're returning to the house of bread where they should have stayed. And they're coming back at the barley harvest. And there's a man named Boaz who is strength and is part of their clan. And Ruth, the Moabite woman, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields. These women were destitute. They didn't have any means to support themselves. Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. It's called gleaning. Now, gleaning is the picking up in the corners or the picking up of what's left over. Gleaning is also like, hey, I, I want to glean some knowledge from what you have to say to get something from you. I want to get something from you. I want to glean knowledge that you have. I want to glean experience that you have. I, I want to glean the relationship that you have. I want to glean the way that you live. I want to live like that. Let me go to the fields and pick up some leftover grain. I want you to know there's leftovers in the house of the Lord. There's plenty. Behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. Naomi has said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, listen, she turned her head and her body and her life away from the gods in Moab. And she turned her head and face towards a great I am. I'm going to tell you, when you start looking where God is and you start going where God wants you to go, here's what's going to happen. As it turned out, it's going to happen in your life. As it turned out, I just can't believe it. Well, as it turned out, I don't do that anymore. Well, as it turned out, I, I don't know how this happened. As it turned out, I don't know how my plate was full. As it turned out, I don't know how I got that food. As it turned out, I don't know what happened. My children, they came home. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was a clan of Elimelech. We're going to talk about this in just a second. A kinsman redeemer. Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here, Boaz says. Stay here. 
with the women who work for me. Watch the fields where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I've told the men not to lay a hand on you. I'm Boaz. I'm strong. Nobody's going to bother you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the jars of the water that the men have filled. As it turned out, a man of strength saw Ruth, a faithful woman. As it turned out, I want you to know, God is waiting for each of us to come back to the house of bread, to get in to the harvest and to start scooping up the harvest and to start taking the harvest and to start enjoying the harvest and to start sharing the harvest. Ruth goes home that night to Naomi. She's got a bag full of fresh barley. She's cracked them herself and taken them home to eat. And her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I work with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. This man is our close relative. He's one of our guardian redeemers. It's called a kinsman redeemer. And the way this worked is if you had a family and you married a wife and the husband, like Elimelech, died, next in line in the family were to marry the female so that you could take care of her. You could buy the property that the husband lost, that you could cover them and make sure that they had their name went forward. This was the way it was laid out in Levitical law. And there's a reason for that. Because of God loving families. Because of God wanting families to continue. A kinsman redeemer is one who will pay the price for you. Does it sound familiar? Jesus Christ, the kinsman redeemer for us who covers us, who loves us, who was born in the city of bread in Bethlehem. Boaz said in Ruth 3, 12 through 13, although it's true I'm a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who's more closely related. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. Those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. He will rise them up with wings of eagles. Yeah. The wings of the Lord. The covering of God. The covering of the blanket that Boaz put over Ruth. The covering that the Lord Jesus Christ has over us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boaz announced to the elders and all the people. He went to the court. He went to the town. 
gate, the seats. Today you're a witness, and I have brought Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Killen, and Malan. I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabite, Malan's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. So his name will not disappear from his family or his hometown. Today you are witnesses. The first man didn't want it. He didn't want the liability. There's many that Christ will call, but they don't want to pay the price. It's just too much. I, I'm not going to give up what I've got. It's just too much. I, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. It means too much to me. I'm not going to change the way I live because guess what? It's the way I like. Yeah. You see, Ruth, here's what she did. She went to a field because she had nothing to eat, no place to stay, no way to support herself. See, she went to the field to glean. But she got redeemed. I just want to tell you right now. You can go to glean from what God has, and he's going to redeem you. God has got more and more and more and more. And he's cutting the corners for us. He's leaving it right there in plain sight, and he's saying, don't go over it again. I I want it here for the foreigners. I want it here for the poor. Come get it. You see, this is a corner that's okay to cut. The gleaning is there. Now, Ruth and Boaz got married. They had a child. Listen to this genealogy real quick. Amimadad, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. A person that did not know God, but learned of him, went into the house of bread and gleaned what the Most High God had left for her. And as a result, she met strength, married And she is in the line of Jesus Christ. I just want you to know that you are in that line. You are an engrafted branch. You are there. You see, you glean to get. But more importantly, you glean to give. What is it you have got? Let me tell you in this small church, a couple years ago, Pastor Howard Ramona started aggressively paying down debt. And they started digging wells before they needed water. The church had the two best years they've ever had. And then came a big storm. And and the things, Pastor Ramona, founding pastor... The things that you've planted, people in this congregation have gleaned all in this last year. When people in this congregation, people we know that needed help, we cut the corners. 
We picked the excess and we seeded it out into many of you here and many not here. You see, God has got it all for us. And the house of bread is here. The house of bread is in each one of us who believes. The question is, do you believe? Do you really believe? If you do believe, the bread is there for you. And it's there for you to give. It is for us to give. This Taterfield series is planting and harvesting and gleaning. You got to plant and you got to harvest. You've got to give what you've got to others, starting with your relationship with Jesus Christ. This week, this week, as Brian was talking, as we've all talked, you can see things speeding up. You can see them like, what's going on? We'll have another train wreck now? Train's wrecking everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah, we can all see the signs. And I'll tell you that there will be people this week that need gleaning from you. You're going to meet them this week because they're going to need your help, your guidance. They're going to need you to pick up some of the wheat that's in the corner and give to them. So this week, get a scripture. I've got some handouts here. As you go out, you can get them. And if you're watching, uh, you're watching through the internet, you just go to our website, thelivingcornerstone.org, and I've got a resources tab that you can download it from there. And just grab one of these scriptures and do what Isaac did. Ruminate on it. And this week, think about what's in something short and small. And harvest something of it for you. For you. And then with what's left over, somebody's going to want what you've got. Somebody's going to need what you've got. The only way they're going to get it is you. It's not going to be me. I'm not going to see them. You're the one that's going to meet them. At the gas station. You're going to meet them at Wawa. Yeah. Or McDonald's. You're going to meet them. Will you be ready? It'll be so clear to you this week. You'll be coming back next week saying, can you believe? I was studying this scripture and this person needed it. Pastor Ramon and I were on the Showed the other day a lady called in to, it was sick. We just prayed for her right there. Oh, I'll pray for you. No, we're going to pray now. They needed it now. They didn't need it down the road. People are going to need it from you. Now, we came back today to the house of bread. Today's a communion day. You see, 
Jesus said, if you eat of this bread, you'll never go hungry. Jesus says, I am the bread of life from the house of bread. I am your kinsman, redeemer. I'm for you. Now, we're going to have communion, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pass out the elements. If you'll just hold them until the end, then we'll take them together. Thank you, buddy. Yes. You see, um, from the line of David, straight through, is the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. And this night that they had communion, it was near Passover, and it was this, called the Last Supper. And it was this supper that communion was instituted by the bread of life. Now, having communion, it's, it's an ordinance. It just reminds us of what Jesus did for us. He was just having supper. You see, this is how you can share. It, it may be at a meal. You may be at the Olive Garden this week. And the person serving you may need you to pray for them. They may need to glean off of you. Be looking for it. When Jesus was uh, with his disciples, he, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, said, this is my body of the new covenant. Take, eat. And took the cup. He said, this is my blood. My blood of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me often. Take and drink. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray and we're going to have a time of prayer for anyone that needs it. We have those that are assigned to pray with you. And my hope is that today, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will just surrender all parts of your life. Dear Father, we thank you today for Bethlehem, the house of bread. And Father, we thank you that it hasn't closed down yet, that you're still making bread, that we still have access to it. We thank you for the aroma of the bread. We thank you for the texture and the taste. Father, we thank you for your son, the bread of life. Oh God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today. 
and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.